In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh, and with me is my failed stand-up comedian, my washed-up detective, my scruffy nerf herder, the one, the only. What's the deal with podcasts? Are they pods? Are they casts? What? Seriously, what's the deal? <laughs> Travis Rats here. <laughs> uh, welcome to Comic Exposure, where Travis Rats and I dive deep into graphic novels and trades, or we talk about what's going on in the world of, of nerddom or whatever we're into that moment in time. You, my friends, are on a comic book club episode where Travis and I are talking about a book, and the book we're talking about today is Dying is Easy. Travis, is this the first IDW book we've done or the second was sonya was red sonya oh, no. idw this year or like in general ever oh for have no. we ever done an yeah, idw for book? sure we've done idw i don't think so i think stray dogs idw no I maybe think, you're right i think isn't some of um god i put on my christmas list now I, i'm blowing my mind uh murder oh, lock falcon. and key was murder lock falcon and... no murder falcon uh, was image uh yeah I, do a powerbomb sure. image it's not, not it would be it would be interesting to go back and look maybe at maybe lock and key Maybe Lock and Key is IDW. Like but, Lock and Key, yeah, but not not a whole lot. No, not a lot of IDW. This IDW book we're, we're reading today is Dying, or we read, it's Dying is Easy. It is written by Joe Hill uh, and with art by Martin Simmons, colors by D. Oh, Cun- sorry, Cunisi? Stray Dogs' is Image, sorry. I'm oh, there we go. Head, sorry. Uh, and uh, with a little bit of creation by Martin Simmons. So Jill Hill, Joe Hill and Martin Simmons create it. So that's, I always like when it says created by and you get the artist and the writer, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're like, oh no, we created this. Uh, but written by Joe Hill uh, with art by Martin Simmons. And Travis, this is um, a, a crime book by Joe Hill, who you and I, the Joe Hill books we read are often horror books that we've read for yeah. Joe Hill. Right? Basketball heads so, being number one, basketball heads. one of our favorites. Right. You and I, though, we do love a good crime comic book, right? Our, our love for Ed Brubaker yeah. and Sean Phillips is is up there. And that's mostly when I think about the crime books you and I have read, it's been those two gentlemen right there. So um, I was I mo- excited. I mostly think of Ed Brubaker. Mostly. Mostly. Um, <laughs> I, you know, for me, going into this book, I'm like, okay, it's Joe Hill who I like as a writer, but I've never seen him do anything outside of horror or supernatural, right? I've never read any of his, I've never read any of his prose, right? So Mm -hmm. actually, you know what I did? I just read one of his short stories. Uh, Yeah, I've read Nosferatu Uh, and uh, Heart Shaped Box, uh, but not a whole, not a whole bunch, not as much as King. Yeah. Um, So getting into this, you're the one who recommended this book. What made you pick this up? What was the thing that made you go, one, IDW, and two, Joe Hill not doing horror. Or did you think maybe it would have a horror bent to it when you started it? Interesting. Uh, I'm trying to remember back to it. I think I picked this up uh, at the beginning of the year uh, when we were looking at books. And uh, the issue was we had just finished a Brubaker book. Or we had just finished, yeah, we had finished a Brubaker book and maybe... Uh, was it Night uh, Fever? Uh, uh, we finished uh, Night uh, Fever uh, and we were like... No, it was way before that. And maybe a okay. crime book. Uh, another crime book not too long ahead of that. And so I was like, oh, okay. Oh, I'm, I'm enjoying this. 
however, I feel like we've just done a lot of crime. And so yeah. I kind of tucked it away. Um, and then when we were talking about what to do next, uh, I was like, oh, I remember this book. We needed like another, we needed a book to run out the year. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, well, I remember liking this one. Um, and so I, I put this up there. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, uh, I, I thought, well, let's, let's get into it. So th th yeah, okay, let me talk about the premise of this book. So yeah, this book, uh, follows a, um, a Santa comedian who was previously a homicide detective. You know that old chestnut, yeah. Josh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always and, perfect. Uh, so uh, a Santa comedian uh, and not a, not a successful stand-up comedian. A, a, I'm trying to get on. I'm trying to get a show or a special kind of stand-up comedian. And he has some jokes about like his previous homicide job, but the really issue comes in when he finds out that another comedian at the club that he's working at has been stealing jokes, not just from him, but from other comedians. And so yeah. on a night after his set, he's talking to another com a bunch of other comedians. He finds this information out and he actually confronts the, the joke stealing comedian. Right. Yeah. And end of story. Right, Josh. Right, right. Perfectly. Yeah, That's yeah, it. No. Yeah. So he ends up like beating up this guy and they find him dead later. Mm -hmm. And so he, the, the murder is pinned Mystery on begins. him. Mystery begins. Murder is pinned on him. And we get to see him go through. And I think this is, and I want, I'll probably hit on this a little later, but this is a great introduction to what would be a fantastic series, right? Yeah. This idea of stand up comedian private dick right yeah. this sort of stand-up comedian detective great premise this is a really long setup to get us there though right and i, and I don't mean i don't mean no. that in a in a in a pejorative way but it feels like this isn't even first season this feels like yeah the first half of the season i know what you're you know saying what I mean? maybe i can maybe i can zone in on it a little bit more it feels like oh Hey, I sat down and expecting a graphic novel, and by the end, you're setting up a series. Yes, and that's what it really felt like. I, yeah. I would say, like I, I mean, this story does have a beginning and a middle and an end, but it ends in a way where you're like, oh, Joe Hill can just write yeah. this. This is what new, he can do. New, new character, kind of like, I, I, yeah, kind of thrown in at the end. Who didn't get a lot of personality throughout the book, but all of a sudden, at the end, they're going to become maybe a major player in if yeah. there was a series, you know? Um, and so like, let's, let's be clear. Like he's not a great comedian. He's no. like, you know, he's a struggling comic. Did you pin the date of this? It feels very nineties, doesn't it? It like, does. I don't, I didn't see any cell phones in here that I recall. Um, right. And then his love interest is very much like manic pixie nineties girl. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got the she's got the blunt bangs. She looks a little like uh, Janine Garofalo when Janine Garofalo. You're like, huh? Janine oh, Garofalo. I didn't make that connection. But you're right. Like Mystery Men, Janine Garofalo, or like um, Reality Bites, Janine Garofalo. Re Reality Bites, Janine Garofalo. Right. Um, and but also kind of looks like with her outfit, sometimes an X Men character. <laughs> but you get this. You get this very much. This down and out former police officer who had an incident which gets him off the force right and he's embroiled in this whole thing that ends up involving you know um crime and like 
stealing of jewel, like stealing of, shop, of items, yeah. pawn shops and stuff. So this whole sort of seedy underbelly that you right. get involved in. And, and, and I don't know the, what city this is. It's not made, it's not made uh, evident. Uh, no, it feels, it feels New Yorky, right? Yeah. It feels New Yorky. It feels, it, you know, when we think about, you know, the, the idea, there's some silliness in it, right? Like Joe Hill leans into some goofiness of it. You've got this whole scene where, uh, you know, um, what's the, what's the main character's name? Is it Gil? I can't oh, I'm remember. calling the comedian like he's a, like a member on Watchmen. Um, one moment. Let me get to the. Luckily, uh, there was a yeah, Sid, Sid, Sid Holmes. Oh, yeah. Sid, yeah. Oh. Meet so Sid, you have this whole. Meet, meet Sid Shit Talk Holmes. Yeah. And Sid ends up like this whole scene where he's like chasing after the two guys in roller skates and like hitches onto the back of their Jeep. It's very like, it feels very sitcom screwball in some ways, like uh, right. without the romance. Right, right. No, I, what did I, what did you what did you think of sort of? Let's talk a little so, bit about yeah, exactly. So this, let's talk, let's talk about the sort of where I want to start is sort of the setting and premise of this, right? right? Like, what do you think about the setting and the setup for this idea? So one of the things you know, um, and I'm going to answer that by taking us on a detour that will get us into something. And get into there is it's really tough to read crime books after Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, because <laughs> you, you just have a certain sense of a master's rhythm uh, yes. with yeah. crime storytelling. And not even just that, but just pulp crime, right? Yeah. And which just does have elements of. Um, so what I'm looking for in this uh, is, okay, what, what is, what's the Joe Hill flavor? What what are we bringing yeah. in here that I haven't seen? And one of the things that really attracted me to it, to get back to your question, is the setup of there are two and a half pages of just panel, close-up panels of Sid as he's giving yes. his stand-up routine. So you're basically getting a stand-up routine in dialogue form and in comic form that spans the real estate of two and a half pages, which I think it's is, very... is brave. Super brave yes. and yeah. different. I have not seen before, so it scratches that itch of like, oh, like that's this new, is right? literally the first two and a half pages. No action, no movement, other than you know the microphone differential and when he's doing his stand up. And so it's reading jokes on a page. And there's one thing about comedy is, you know, we we've read comedic comics, but we've never read like a stand up. I've never read a stand up routine no. in comics. And so yeah. just seeing a stand-up routine written in comics, you, there's a reason you don't see it in prose very much. Right. Um, yeah. And so he has the extra element of uh, illustration. And so I thought that was interesting. I don't know, because it's the first time I've seen it, if it's successful or not, but it did I, pique my interest and make me be like, yes. okay, I'm going to keep reading. I think it's a really good cold open to get you to understand this character and to get you to kind of understand what he did before this. And it gives you a good look at like what kind of comedian he is. Right. I think one of the things that's hard is like comedy is based on rhythm. Yeah. Right. And he does. And, and, and like, and also nine, Josh comedy is based yeah. on timing, timing. Ti yes. Timing, yeah. Timing. That's it. I, and so the nine panel grid really helps him build a rhythm. Right. And you can break up the lines you say in each of those, but it's, it's not perfect, right? Yeah. 
So yeah. the the one and he ends with this joke about this guy and this dog, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, we can prove what you did with DNA evidence. And then it does the right thing. And it, it switches to the, the, the punchline is in the next panel, right? Yeah. But it's not just the punchline. There's the punchline plus his, his like thoughts on splash page. Yeah. Yeah. Of, yeah. Also like the half splash page. Of, are you talking about the one where it's like the, so, the very, so right, right before that page, he sets up the joke and he says, um, like, Oh yeah. What yeah. he does, the yeah. cocker spaniel. And then he says, he says, no way I pulled out. And yeah. that should have just been the only thing that was on that. Right. And then I felt like the next panel should have been him saying, uh, evil geniuses, man, never met one. But you got the punchline and, yeah. and it, it like, that's the tough part, like building this rhythm in here. Like, it's good. It's interesting. I found it like a really interesting way to introduce this, this idea, this setting of this world of comedy, this setting of this washed up cop. Um, yeah, those, that was, my that's, favorite, a, that's that, a real hard thing to do. Yeah. You know, that was my favorite thing. When you talk about world building is the comedy club. Not just his moments on stage at the very beginning, but his conversation with the two drunk comedians where they're yeah. talking about like, hey, you know, like you used to work in homicide. How much is how much does it uh, cost to to knock someone off? You know, how much would you have to pay? And our, right. our Sid comes up with a very specific number, like almost to the cent. And then, you know, because he's broke and stuff like that, and he goes, "Cause I'll yeah. punch him in the face for you." You know, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, uh, that kind of thing. And then the the world of uh, uh, comedians and uh, joke stealing and the sense of like trying to make it artistically, I found really fun in the first um, issue of this book. Yeah, as far as yeah. the world. Yeah, I think that was. I think that's really. I think it's really a kind of like. I think one of the things about when you do a genre, right? Like crime or mystery location and characters are how you make it different. Right. Right. And, Cause the, the things of the crimes, a crime, a crime, right? So the way that you, you play in genre is, well, where is this located? Right. right? Who's the, who's the, what's the protagonist background? That lets you play in this in a different way. Like one of the reasons that we love, you know, Reckless is you've got this LA. surfer LA seventies and eighties, yeah, seventies and eighties thing, right? So that plays. It takes a genre, but then it puts it in a location with a person. This does a really good job, I think, of giving us a person in a location, right? This, this, this. It's wrapped up in this nightclub comedy thing. You've got this protagonist who's a comedian, not a great one, but he's a comedian, right? He's trying to make it. And so that gives you a new lens. Yeah. Right. I don't know that I particularly had I read this and not known it was Joe Hill. I don't think I would have picked Joe yeah. Hill out of it. And I and maybe that's because my Joe Hill knowledge is horror and, you know, like supernatural. Right. Exactly. And that's yeah. and that's not this, no. you know. What did you think about the mystery about this? Like the actual, like, did you, did you get ahead of it? Did you solve it before the, um, the writer? I, I didn't. Um, and I think because I, I think it went just a way that I, I didn't expect it to and not in a, Oh, that's surprising. I really like that twist, but just in like a, Oh, I wasn't thinking it would be that. Well, the he, he does. You know? it, what's nice is that at the end, there's like a little bit of a twist, 
and you have what yes. in fables they call the uh with the big bad wolf is the parlor room mystery right in, yes. in literature it's like where the detective says um who the criminal is and and how the, exactly how they know right yeah and so yeah. there are about th- uh there's at least three different moments where the you think you solution, know who it is right yeah the solution is yeah. given to you in the uh, uh third act and you're like, oh, okay. And why is there so many pages left in my digital reader? And then you yeah. keep turning it and you realize, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. But it wasn't in the sense of like, oh my God. Oh, geez. This changes the way I think of mysteries. It was like, oh, okay. It's just like we're tagging on to that mystery plot line. It's like, okay, now we're going to do a second beat on this. Okay, now we're going to yeah. do a third beat on this. Um, yeah, I- I wasn't, ex- I wasn't expecting the killer, right? That wasn't, but then, you know, you see it, you piece it together. You're like, oh, okay. That's where the wound came from. It makes right. sense. It, you know, it's like that right? old, remember when you were a kid and like one of the first like red herring r- riddles, you know, is like uh, a man is found dead in a puddle of water. Yeah. Uh, and um, he did not drown. How did he die? And you had to be like, yes. oh, an ice skull fell on him. You ever yeah. hear that one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. for sure. That's, that's a, that's, that's one. And I think the other, like they do play it for you earlier when, and it's just a, you, it's a shot where he is, he looks up and it's, what's her name's it's that girl's heels and the fishnets. And you're like, Oh, Joe Hill told me right there. Yeah. Like he he gave me, he gave me the clue right there. And I didn't see it because to me, I was like, oh, this is, you're showing. And I should have known femme fatale, right? You should have like, I should have seen that. But for me, I just went, oh, this is the manic pixie dream girl. This is his, you know, his thing. Well, there is this other aspect in here. And I don't know, because it doesn't happen for, at least for me, an identifiable third beat. If it does, it, it I feels like it, it's really like deep cuts is uh, there's some there's stand-up comedy in here, obviously, but there's it feels like to me there's also silent comedy. The whole hanging off the clock hand is very yes. that Harold Lloyd thing, and yes. the roller skates thing seems kind of reminiscent of an old Charlie Chaplin uh, roller skate, um, uh, black and white one where he's on roller skates for yeah. the, the whole yeah. thing. And I, I I couldn't identify a third or fourth, so maybe my my knowledge of uh, silent film stars is down. Uh, silent comedians is not up there and both those would have been pretty deep cuts as is uh but i i wonder if if joe hill is working on a different level or, or another level that if you know like the history of comedy that there's a bunch of other things happening in here comedic wise like yeah, nods of the that, head yeah. that he's playing that he's that he's giving homage to which would be really interesting if you knew the history of comedy and going, but I, I don't know enough to know if he's intentionally doing that. Yeah. There's this, there's a very sort of like, um, there's a couple times in this where you mentioned earlier, it gets slapsticky, right. Yeah. In, in a weird, so there's three scenes in particular where that, that I'm like, okay, that's an interesting way to write this i wouldn't it doesn't seem happenstance right yeah yeah like the 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 roller skate scene the clock scene and the motorcycle scene yes yes all feel very like oh good call okay the motorcycle one's the third one yeah like those are all very interesting like ideas and i'm like just trying to kind of 
But maybe my least Under- favorite parts of the book, Josh? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It feels like it yeah. takes it out of the the homicide reality of it. If I had Yes. If I if I had to take out like the the crime part of it, it's like Okay, it's it's wacky, it's goofy, which makes it a little bit different than like a brew baker. Certain, certainly, yeah. brew baker's not doing this this kind of no. stuff in there. So that took it out of it. And I don't know if my enjoyment, my non enjoyment of those moments is because I'm like, this isn't this isn't pulp crime, or if it's yeah. like it wasn't executed as well as it could have been. I I don't know. Um, yeah, what my I think, my thoughts are. Well, on that. I think for me, the other piece of it, it feels very, and again, I don't mean this to be pejorative, it feels very sitcom-y, it feels very monk, it feels very like Bones, it feels very like a network sitcom about a weird detective, right? Yeah. And and you And you have those moments where like, oh, it's this big sort of like, funny thing that happens in this episode right you need that you need that comedy relief he's a comedian right like how do you lean into that genre Mm -hmm. of wackiness it just felt like everything else felt so sort of like dark and like man comedy's bleak working in this industry is bleak and then all of a sudden i'm on roller skates on a hummer or like i'm hanging from a clock tower right they felt very sort of um, 90s movie. So so if you think of like, what's uh, like Jackie Chan in uh, Chris Tucker, right? Uh, yeah, it yeah, felt yeah. Rush or, Hour, yeah, right? Or like felt, uh, Shanghai Nights. Right. It felt very much like how, what's the, what's the oh, silly set? Yeah. What's the silly set piece we can do? Yeah. It's like a buddy cop right? movie without the other buddy. Without yes. The buddy. That's, that's what it felt like, right? Like and the buddy is the comedy. Yes. <laughs> That's very profound, Travis. <laughs> but I feel like one of the things that that I am that I like that I go like, oh, you now have a series that I would go back and check out. Because I want to see like it ends with him and the other guy, like, look, let's do this together. Let's solve hey, this. The stuff other guy together. we're talking about is uh a guy that got screwed over in the mystery. It's kind of like a a a well, it's the the two sons of the pawn sh- uh, of a pawn shop owner in this story uh, that were sus that they were prime suspects with our detective yeah. early on. Uh, but as we find out in the end, that they were not involved to that degree in the crime. Yes. And our protagonist Sid sees a proficiency in one of these these guys, and he's like, "Hey, like I need some if." I, I, this whole thing scratched an itch. I might pursue this. If I do, I need some muscle. Right. And to me, I go like, okay, you got me. This is, this felt like if you could have done this in a tight hour and a half, this is your pilot episode. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. And the thing I Um, loved about this or the thing that kept me in it, uh, was the, when they kept going back to that, the scene, the mystery scene, the, the alleyway. Because this, uh, yeah. the 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 this joke stealing comedian gets killed in the alleyway. Sometimes people think he he is drowned in a puddle. Sometimes it's it's a contusion on the head. Sometimes you know there's multiple ways he could have died. But we, as the story unfolds, like a good mystery, we keep going back to the crime scene from different yeah. perspectives. And I think that yeah. is a uh, kept me in it and being like every time that came up again, I'm like, oh, 
oh, new information. Okay, let me keep reading. Yeah, and 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 I think, and like I said, like I'm interested to see. I mean, I don't know. I haven't looked. This is, you know, the research we do for this show. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen if there's any more of Joe Hill's yeah, planning to write gonna, more of it. I, I was planning to look that up too. And or is it gonna, or is it gonna turn into like I did basketball heads? I'm gonna let someone else write that's, the next one. That's the thing. Is like Joe Hill is so proficient. It seems like he's he. he there's no uh, uh, limit to his ideas. He's got going on to the next thing. This yeah. doesn't seem like the the thing that. I, are you going to invest your time into based on, I mean, he didn't write the second volume of basketball of heads. And if right. you're going to, if you're Joe Hill and you're going to write anything in comics, I'm like, why not you revisit that? <laughs> you know? Right. I, I think the other piece of this is, and I, and I, you know, like comics has become this medium where we mine it for TV and movies. Yeah. And to me, again, Snyder, it feels Snyder's like doing it. Millar is doing it. Yeah. Yeah. This feels very much like, oh, this is a this is prime for a a, a a max show, not an HBO show. It's not HBO. It's it's a max. Well, maybe before program, we right? get into art, because I do want to hear your opinion yeah. on art on this. Uh, maybe that's where we kind of end the conversation on on the yeah. story. Is what do you feel about that move of these major writers coming in, starting a story in a first volume and handing it off? I, I haven't th I, I haven't thought about it so. I think it's I think it's an interesting way to like okay I've created this property who wants to do something with it next right um, which is maybe, com which is traditionally comic comics, books right right but it's it never the creator's book. choice usually like in, yes, in the seventies eighties right. and nineties like you're pulled from the book we're putting someone else on it here right. it's like no I'm starting the book but I, you someone else will finish it it's almost the yeah. reverse it's like I only have so much I must get you started you know. Right. But I also think like this book could be it and it's done and you've got your story, right? Basketball of heads, you've got it. It's done. You've got your story. I think this one is written more in a way to come back to it. Yeah. So maybe he was it's maybe for basket, maybe for basketball of heads, he was like, no, I, I did it. But if someone wants to play with the property, fine. And, and that was, I right? think, it was maybe one of his, other than um, Lock and Key, one of his first ventures into comics. So it was like, he didn't know maybe it was going to be as successful as it was. So he's just like, yeah. yeah. And, and I think the other thing, this one, I, I think it doesn't feel like it's a Joe Hill book. So yeah. I think really someone could have a lot of fun with this concept. Right. right. And think about Joe Hill. He writes Lock and Key. People want more so that there's, there was more Lock and Key than what we read. Um and of course there's netflix series on it then basketball of heads he writes that and people want more and so now it's like twice bitten right you're like oh okay right. I i'm writing these books with endings to them maybe yeah. i should leave it a little bit more open for the next person because it seems like this is people like this well, and also over at Image, you know, he's got he's got Hill House, right? He has this whole imprint where people were doing horror books and stuff like that, right? So he's got his name on this stuff. But I, you know, I really thought, um, I really appreciated the concept of this and the idea of it and the setting and the main character. I just don't know how great it was executed as a mystery or as a a full story. It did feel very much like the beginning of a series yeah. and not, and not I've told my story. Right. right? Like for me, uh, I don't remember the ending of this. Maybe I didn't read the ending of it. Maybe I just started it. 
and then recommended it that we do it on the podcast <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> on there. And so I think really strong beginning, really strong first issue. It really ta- yeah. tags me in. By the end of it, I, I feel like I've had enough. You know, yeah. I feel like it feels like the end wants me to come back for more. But I feel like, oh, I've, I, I, I get the character. It was fun. There were some new things. It's a quick read. It's not super long. It feels like this is a nice, like, yeah. not challenging piece. Some new things I haven't seen in comics. Um, but not necessarily a character I want to live with for like the way I want to do with uh, yeah. uh, Brubaker's characters. Yeah. So let's talk art really quick. Um, what did you, what did you think of it? What, what was your thought? This is not a normal art style. Um, it does. I think it fits parts of this story, yeah. but not other parts of this story. Right. Exactly. I, yeah, think, I think it, it fits uh, the first issue for sure. It does. It fits that noir sort of like yeah. thing he's going for, but, but then when the it gets, not the slapstick stuff, not the, not the, not the sitcom not the procedural and sitcom. I, and I think he might've missed an opportunity there, Josh. So when we, if he was intentionally kind of switching genres within the piece itself to switch the art styles within it, like mm-hmm. when those yeah. slapstick piece, the roller skate scene happens, let's put that in cartoon and then go back to the noir. That would have made it for a whole That's different conversation, I think. That would have been like, oh, look at this person. He's using the medium of comics and the different types of lines to suggest different genres within one piece itself. Yeah, if if that was the purpose of it. If the purpose yeah. was to like, let's explore comedy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I, but which makes you think it was not the purpose. Right. <laughs> it, it feels very it feels very like um it looks very jock, right? Yeah. It feels it jock. It does. It feels very witches. It feels digital. It's the runny lines. It, well, coloring more than anything. The runny yes. coloring from the, the ink. It, parts of it remind me of Mitch Garrett's a little bit because it's like creating art with digital tools. If you strip right? it down to it's uh, Yeah, exactly. I think the coloring takes it away from being more Garrett's, but yeah. it definitely well, does. Well, I think, I think what... What strikes Garris to me is the cinematic eye of the uh, our artist here. And oh my gosh, we should say this person. Let me pull up here. It's Martin. I just I said it earlier today. Uh, earlier in Martin the episode. Lawrence. Oh, mine's Martin Simmons. Yeah, <laughs> Martin and Simmons. Say it again now. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I think I, I think Simmons is is um, it works really well in some places. You know, I really do like the club lights. It feels like it's you're in a nightclub in those areas. I think the coloring the out out punches the uh, uh, the the line the penciling. Not in the again where you keep using the word pejorative way because the, the the pencils are good, but the coloring I think um, seals in the the character of it. Yeah, and so it does say color assists by Dean, but a D. Uh, Kind of fee, but I don't know what that means, right? Is she touching it? Yeah. Yeah. Is she touching up his final stuff? What does it look like? Um, I think he does some pretty good face acting, especially during those first few panels when he's giving his comedy routine. <laughs> I love his him. outfits too. Like his, his yes. clothes. Yeah. Um but I, you know, I think there's times when it doesn't fit. Yeah. I and I don't I, you know, but otherwise I would tell you like I didn't 
I didn't dislike this book, right? No. I, I I did I did like this book. It's it was 116 pages, you know. Right, right. You know, it was it was clever when it needed to be clever. It was a creative take on this idea of how do we do something different? What you yeah. know, like, like I said the earlier, thing this, for us, I think at this stage in our comic yeah. book reading and in this podcast is like where our eye is on. Oh, what haven't we seen before? Right. What haven't I seen before? What makes this a, an interesting take on this genre? Right. Um, and I do like, I like the character and setting. I think that's a really interesting way to do it. Yeah. Um, I think it goes off the rail a couple times, but it, it gets itself yeah. back, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. And also but, like the comedic voice, Joe, Joe Hill. It's like, it's tough when you're not like a stand-up comedian and you're writing like this punchy character. Right. It does. It does feel like it was like, how do I make this funny? Okay. Right. Let's do this scene where he's got roller skates but the art and the rest of it did, it just didn't fit, right? It may have fit had the rest of it been more cartoony and the characters looked less realistic in the way that they do in this. Those things might have played like, oh, we're, this is Saturday morning cartoony, right? right? That's, right. but it doesn't look Saturday morning cartoon. Mm -hmm. So those things didn't feel. You kept ex uh, uh, expecting the gory splash page, right? Chopped off head. You know, right. And it didn't happen. And that was the thing I was like, okay, that's an interesting, like, the, and even the crime was very light for what yeah. I expected for Joe Hill. Right. Um, now the verbiage of what he's talking about at the beginning, like, you know, he chopped her head off yeah. and I said, how, how'd you do that? And he goes quickly. Right. Like that's yeah. very Joe Hill. Right. But then it steers away from that. I think very quickly. And also uh -huh. like, I would, I would go see that guy, like an old homicide detectives. Who's like finding fun ways to poke fun so like, murder I guess. deal with his deal with the trauma yeah. of everything he's seen oh yeah so, that might be that's an interesting way to read it too is someone yeah. who's using comedy to 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 deal with ptsd from their job comedy and tragedy travis Ratz, comedy and tragedy it's like the same, um, different size of the same coin josh that's right that's right all right so um, I would recommend it. I'm going to, I'm going to end this with saying like, yeah, I, I think you should check this out. And I mean, we've blown the mystery kind of, but not exactly. Um, but I think it's an interesting take. I think it's a good setup. No, I think no, if, we did not blow it. Yeah. We're, you, we don't know. Yeah. You don't know how this guy got killed. I think if, I think if Joe Hill were to put out another one of these, I'd check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, if it were coming yeah, out in single issues, 16 pages it, for sure. Yeah. If it were coming pages, out in single yeah. issues, I'm not going to pick it up in single issues. But if I'm like, oh, he put out another trade, I, I, I'll read it. Oh, yeah. Especially if it's like, if it came up for like free on my Kindle. Uh, uh, <laughs> if I didn't have to pay for it, see, <laughs> it's on the next volume. That's Travis's tag, like comic exposure. If I didn't have to pay for it, <laughs> That's I'd, how read read it again. Again. I'd read yeah. it again. I did yeah. read this. Uh, Some of us twice. Yeah. All right. Travis, anything else you want to say about dying is easy? Uh, dying is easy. Podcasting is hard, guys. Uh, uh, but not this year because we've had a lot of great books. And so that makes podcasting easy about comics. And we're going to talk about some of those books in our next episode as we do our yearly wrap up. Some years we That's do right. it. Some years we don't. And it's all just on a whim. 
Yeah. So this year we've got our wrap up that's coming up next on the variant episode. So tune in next week when we get that out. Uh, make sure that you can find the show over at comicexposure.com. If you want to go back and, and you, you know, you listen to us talk about those reckless books, you want to go and check out the things that we've said about them. If you are listening to the next episode and you're like, oh man, I didn't know they talked about that book. I want to go back. All of that's on the website. In fact, you can go back year to year and see all of the books we've done in the, in this storied history of comic exposure. Uh, even back in the day when we used to have more guests on back in the day when we would interview people. Uh, wow. It's much more professional. Like as podcast, as podcasts, as a medium progresses, our podcast de evolves. (laughs) Yes. It's it's de evolved into just talking about some books we like. Um, so thank you for not hear a dramatic reading at the beginning of this podcast. (laughs) Go find it on the internet. Like it, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. And we'll see you next trade.